talked about all week long was, was um, trusting God helps us stand strong. That was the whole theme as we were in Kingdom Rock VBS. Is just trusting God. He is the king. And that's what's going to help us stand strong. And throughout the week, we had this character named Wally who would uh, come down. He was a wannabe knight. And Wally would uh, come up and he would try to, all week long, try to figure out how to become a knight. But Wally was, was weak. He was scared. He was timid. And he was confused. And it was difficult for him. And the kids watched this character, Wally, try to make it to be coming a knight and be able to stand strong. And eventually, at the end, he made it. The reality is, is we're sitting here today, and we just had a fun week with kids. Life is not a children's day camp, is it? It's not. It's not a children's day camp for kids. Um, even for most kids, uh, life for them is not a children's day camp. And for most adults, life is not free babysitting um, in the mornings for your kids. Life is just hard sometimes, isn't it? It's difficult, and we struggle. But we need to know as a church and as believers that God never promised life would be fair. He never promised us that. But what God did promise us was a friend to go through life so that we can make it through, so that we could stand strong. And this morning, I just want to start a conversation in your mind for the rest of the week from Psalms 23. I want you to think about Psalms 23. I want you to take it into your minds. Use it in every aspect of your life this week as you are figuring out, is God your shepherd? Are you able to stand strong? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm chapter 23. It's probably one of the most well-known psalms, psalm that exists. It has been used for centuries to calm people down. It's been used to beat down doubt in people's lives. It's been used to refresh people. It's been used to comfort people. Almost every funeral that I do, people ask me to read Psalm 23, or almost every funeral you go to, someone will read Psalm 23. Internationally, Psalms 23 has been used. Nationally, remember when 9-11 took place? 13 years ago, what was the psalm that they read at the national ceremony? It was Psalm 23. I can still remember President Bush saying the Psalms 23. It is an amazing psalm. Somebody said it's the pearl of the psalms. And you probably know it by heart. You probably have it memorized. And so what we're going to do today is we look this morning at Psalm 23. Instead of just me reading it, why don't we just all read it together. Just six verses. We'll have it on the screen. It's in the Pew Bible. But Psalm 23. Let's read it together. You know it. You probably love it. And we're going to look at it this morning. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, again, just thank you for this chance to gather at the beginning of the week. Lord, thank you for your protection on our church last week with Vacation Bible School. Lord, just thanks for the people who are willing to give up a morning every day to come serve kids. Lord, I pray that you grow our heart for children in our church, that we would want to see them come to know Jesus. And that would, Lord, that would be a driving passion of this church. God, I pray that you be with those who are having a difficulty right now. It's not vacation Bible school for them. It's not kids camp for them. Life is hard. And they're having a difficult time standing strong. So God, I pray that you'd use your word this morning to comfort them, to encourage them, to help them to stand strong for you. Give them your grace. We thank you for Psalm 23. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Psalm 23 was written by David. Most of us know this. But what we don't know is when David wrote Psalm 23. He was a shepherd. So was, did he write Psalm 23 when he was, you picture him sitting down by a big tree, a bunch of sheep around him, thinking about his relationship with God, and he starts writing out, the Lord is my shepherd. He could have been. Or it may have been when he was the king of Israel. And he's gone through a lot of difficulties in life, a lot of struggles, and he's sitting down, thinking about his relationship, his life and his relationship with God, and he looks back, and he remembers a time when he was a shepherd. And he starts using this metaphor of a shepherd to help him reflect his experience with God. Up to this point in the Psalms, all we hear about is, is God is a king, God is a deliverer, God is a rock, God is a shield. But now, in Psalm 23, we start to hear this very personal relationship view of God as God as David's shepherd. So he may have been an older king, reflecting back on his life as a young person. And that's really our desire. Every time we have a, a, the kids in vacation Bible school come to our church, we don't know the impact that may have on a child's life. A lot of you went to vacation Bible school when you were little. I don't know where all of you are spiritually. You heard all these things about God. And sometimes as we grow up, we start to question, can I really stand strong for God? Is God really going to be there for me? Is he really true? And you think, start thinking back to your childhood days, and you're like, yeah, I remember. For some of you are adults now, and you still remember me leading you in, children, in vacation Bible school. And you're thinking, yeah, I remember Paul was up there jumping around, or I remember some guy jumping around singing some goofy songs about God and how strong he is and how powerful he is and how I can trust him. But that was just my youth. That was when I was dumb and naive. And so you, some of you may be ready to toss God out, the baby with the bathwater. I would encourage you, don't do that. Jesus t called children to himself, and he told them very profound truths. And it may not look the same way as it did when you were little, but the truths that you heard about God are just as true then as they are today in your experience. So don't toss those things out. I think David was an old king sitting down because of the deepness of this psalm, looking back at his life and all the difficulties and remembering the good experiences of him being a shepherd as a young person with sheep. And he writes this, and he talks about, and he opens up his heart in a very personal way for us. It's like reading his journal. 
That's why people love this psalm. It's very personal. It's very present tense. And it starts out as, The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody claims this psalm. But the truth is, we have to think about those first words before you can go any farther. Who really has the shepherd? Is God really your shepherd? Do you really, is this really true for you? How can you know that this is the shepherd that you have? It says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about Yahweh, the God of the nation of Israel, the covenant-keeping, promising God. That's his shepherd. But we have a lot more history of Scripture, don't we? And thousands of years later, Jesus came to earth, and Jesus said about himself in John chapter 15, talking to his disciples, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lay down, lays down his life for his sheep. And then it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's very important words. Because Jesus says, David says, My Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. He was thinking about Yahweh. But we know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is that Jesus came, and Jesus said, He is the good shepherd. He is God. And he was the one that we know to be God. He is our shepherd. Is Jesus your shepherd? Just because you read Psalm 23 doesn't make Jesus your shepherd. Because when you start reading Psalm 23, you could read through it really fast. Or we can really slow down and think about what it's saying. The Lord is my shepherd. My first question for you this morning is, is God really your shepherd? Because those few words demand a response. The Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd guides sheep. He tells them where to go. He helps them get where they're supposed to go. And if a sheep that doesn't want to follow the shepherd, he's going to be in great problems. And sheep only follow their shepherd. There was somebody in the Middle East one time, and they just saw a huge herd of sheep, just all kinds of just sheep mulling around. It just looked like chaos. And then all of a sudden, about six or seven guys got up, each of them started to make this different whistle sound, and they just started walking. And as they started to walk away, all the sheep that knew their shepherd started to follow their shepherd. And all the sheep just dispersed to their rightful shepherd. When you read in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, it demands a response. Because first of all, there's a natural resistance to that. We don't like to be led anywhere, do we? We don't like to be directed Some of us think we are our own people. We are self-made men and women. And if that's your attitude, Psalm 23 is not for you. All the realities of the rest of the psalm do not benefit you unless you have said yes to the Lord Jesus and and surrendered your life to him being the shepherd of your souls. Because that's the way this truth is. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm surrendering to let him lead my life. That's what a shepherd does. He guides me. So if you're fighting against God, you say, I like Jesus. I like God. I just don't want God to tell me what to do with my life. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need anybody else. Then you can hear Psalm 23 at every funeral you go to. You can hear it on every national disaster. But Psalm 23 is not for you. Psalm 23 is for people 
who saw themselves as independent and said, I'm going the wrong way. And I want to be led by the true king and the true shepherd. And so I can say personally, the Lord is my shepherd. That demands a response. Because we resist that. We resist that because David is talking about his, his identity, who he is. And identity is huge for us. People are all over the place trying to find their identity. Some people try to find it in money. Some people try to find it in their stuff, in sports. I'm a Blackhawks fan. That's who I am. I'm now I have some I'm meaning because they're winning. If they lose, I don't know who I am. There are people who live that way. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, is saying you have an identity or you can have an identity in who you are. And we need that identity, don't we? We want people to know we are somebody. Even if we are followers of Jesus, we still struggle with our identity. Who are we really? And we do crazy things to uh, try to prove to people we have an identity. And I do it. And I just did it this week. I'm really trying to get back into the hardcore running. So I ran every day this week. And I was out there running around my little track uh, around the cornfield. And I'm almost done. I'm exhausted. It was hot. And all of a sudden, I see this other guy coming this way. And this guy's in shape. I mean, he had all the proper running gear, new shoes. And so I had walked a little bit. But then I saw him. So, of course, I couldn't keep walking if this guy's running. So I had to kick it into gear. And so I took off, and there was a little dip. And so I was running really hard. And I kind of thought, okay, I can slow down now. I'm, I'm dying. And I looked back behind me to see where he was at. And he's 15 feet behind me. He had turned around, and I didn't know it. And I was supposed to be done. This guy's in great shape. So I'm sitting there running, and I thought, what am I going to do now? I'm, I'm almost tanked. But I can't just stop in front of him. This guy is good. So I did an extra whole block and got home. And I was pooped. I got to the, I had the, to the shower, and Teresa came in. How was the run? And I said, I'm an idiot. I am a <laughs> wicked man. This guy I saw in great shoes, and, and I, had, I could not let him be better than me. My identity, I thought, was up to stake. We do that, don't we? Even when we have Jesus as our shepherd, we struggle to say, who am I really? Because if I was really trusting at that moment that Jesus is my shepherd, I would have said, I don't care what you think about me. I'm, I'm not really in that great shape yet, but I'm getting there and it's okay. But I didn't want to do that. And sometimes you don't either. Sometimes you fix your houses just a certain way. You mow your grass just a certain way. You do your job just a certain way. You keep your desk at work just a certain way. And you think it's because you're just a good steward of yourself and of your stuff. But the reality, it may be, it's because you're trying to find your identity in that. You're trying to find your identity in your house, in your job, in your garden, in your sport. And you think it's a good thing, but the truth is, if you lose those things, you won't know who you are. And Psalms 23, it calls us right at the beginning for a response. Are you going to let Jesus and the Lord be your identity? Even with your failings. Or are you going to say, no, I can do it on my own. I can make myself look good. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He surrendered his life to God. If you want God to be your shepherd... Then Jesus says, come to me. 
Come to me. Turn your life over to me. I know you've sinned. I know that you're flawed. I know that you're not really in great shape. And I don't really care because I love you. And I died for you. And I rose for you. And you can have my righteousness. You don't have to worry about what people think about you. You can have my identity. I am the good shepherd. You don't have to spend your life in anguish trying to always keep up with everybody. You can rest in Jesus. And as believers, that's what it means to grow in faith, is constantly going back to that and saying, yeah, yeah, I was an idiot for thinking I had to impress that guy. God, forgive me. And thank you that Jesus, you know who I am, and you love me anyway. My identity is found in you. Is Jesus your shepherd? Is that really what you're trusting in? David said, my, the Lord is my shepherd. It demands a response because it goes to the core of our identity and there's a natural resistance to be led by somebody. Has there been a time in your life where you really surrendered your life over to Jesus Christ? Not just added Jesus into your life, but you said, I'm going to let you lead my life. I'm going to let you be the shepherd. I'm going to let you tell me where to go. I see what you did for me. I see you love me. And I see you see everything about me, but you still love me. And I want you to be my shepherd. Jesus says, come to me, follow me, and surrender your life over to him, and he will be your shepherd. Psalm chapter 22 is all about the cross. If you read Psalm 22, which we don't have time to do right now, It is all a prophecy about the cross. And then Psalm 23 comes. Unless you go to the cross and see Jesus and see what he did for you, you can't have Jesus as your shepherd. You don't have Psalm 23. But if you go to the cross first, surrender your life to Jesus, and see that he took all our sins on you, and call out to him, then all the promises that the rest of this psalm are for you. And you have this good shepherd who does these things. So who's your shepherd? And what do you receive then, if you have Jesus as your shepherd? What do you receive when the Lord is your shepherd? It says this, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. What we get, if you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus, this is what a sheep gets. Sheep are not the smartest animals in the world. They're not. They're dumb. Call Don Crump sometime and talk to him about it. He used to raise sheep. And God still loves them anyway. That's the analogy that God uses all the time for his believers. Sheep. Not everybody is a sheep. Jesus says that there are goats, there are pigs, and there are dogs. And he doesn't lead them. Those are people who haven't surrendered to him. But the sheep hear his voice And they follow him. And this is what the good shepherd does for you. If you're letting Jesus follow you. If life's hard right now, this is what God says he does for you. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside still waters for his name's sake. Sheep who are following Jesus as their shepherd, the Lord, what they receive is contentment. He says, I shall not want. You say, well, I want some stuff. What that really means is I shall not lack. People who see Jesus as Lord and are trusting him and are following him, we're not going to lack what we need. He's going to lead us through green pastures. You know, there's all the wildfires going on out west. 
That stuff's getting burnt up. Trees are getting burnt up. They're, it's going to be gone. But you know how many people have read Psalm 23 down through the centuries and keep trusting in Jesus, and they keep finding out that if you put your life, and you put your faith, and you put your trust in Jesus, there will always be green pastures. God's grace never wears out. It has never dropped one bit. The level has never gone out. It's like, oh man, I put all my effort into people in the 1800s. Sorry, 2013. You're going to have to go it on your own. God is a good shepherd. He leads us constantly through green pastures. They always stay green, what God has for us. And he leads us by still water. Sheep get spooked really easily. So they won't drink from water. That isn't quite right. Christians are that way too. We're weak sometimes. But our good shepherd, he leads us to what we need, when we need it, and it's going to be in the right way. And he says, he restores my soul. Something I really need, even in the middle of summer, to God to restore your soul today. You know what a cast sheep is? You can check it out on YouTube. But sheep, when they eat too much, they will sometimes overfill, or they'll wander off into a, a patch of thistles and stuff, and their, their, uh, their wool gets too heavy, or they will think that there's better, greener grass someplace else, and they wander away from the shepherd, and they get too full, and they tip over, and they'll lay upside down on their feet. And as they're laying upside down with their feet in the air, the, the gas in their stomachs gets growing, they can't move, and they will suffocate. It's called cast being a sheep being cast down. And the shepherd, they, they will sit there and bleat and bleat and bleat and bleat and bleat forever for somebody to help them out. And if it's really hot, they'll die within a couple hours. If it's a little cooler, they could die within a day. But they have no ability, a sheep has no ability to get back up on its own. The shepherd has to come over and roll the sheep over. And their feet become numb, and then he has to massage their feet. And sometimes that can take hours to do. Sometimes that can take, you can watch it on YouTube. I watched a three-minute video of it. It's a cast sheep. He cannot move. He has overindulged, or he went where he wasn't supposed to go. Or he thought he knew better than the shepherd. And now he's tipped over. He's stuck. He needs help. He's bleeding and bleeding. And I think that's what David was talking about when he said, He he restores my soul. Because we often are like cast sheep sometimes, don't we? We get over the top. We overindulge in things we shouldn't indulge in. We wander into areas that God doesn't want us to wander into. We choose our own place, and then we get ourselves in trouble, and we cry out to God, where's God? Where's God? Blah, blah, blah. But if you are a sheep of the shepherd, the good shepherd always comes to you, doesn't he? The good shepherd will always come to you. So if you are in a dark place right now, it may have been because of a wandering. It may be because you're just overstressed with work. Things are very difficult. You think you're going to be consumed. You won't be consumed. Because the good shepherd, he restores your soul. He'll give you that contentment. What we forget to do sometimes is to cry out and ask for it. This is a promise from God. He says, I will lead them beside still waters. I'll restore their soul. I'll lead them in paths of righteousness. If you need to be restored, then stop what you're doing and ask God, God, restore me. Seek him. 
He will redo it. Tim Keller says, Jesus is the only God that if you find him, will satisfy you. And if you fail him, he will fight for you. He'll still love us. If you've wandered away, if you've struggled, if you're having a difficult time right now, the good shepherd says, if you're my sheep, I will give you contentment. I'll give that contentment to you. Rest in me. Respond. Ask me to restore you. I will do it for you. Contentment, though, is only found in Jesus. Where you say, you know what? I don't need my stuff so much. I don't need this job so much. I don't need this. I don't need everything in my life to go right. What I need most is Jesus. And when you see that ultimately what you need most is Jesus, then you're going to say, you know what? All this stuff is going on. It, it's, it may be rough, but I still have the greatest thing. I have a good shepherd who's going to comfort me and restore me and encourage me. What the sheep get is contentment. The other thing the sheep get is assurance. It says in verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is why it's read at funerals. But this is the good part. You should underline these words. Through valley and shadow. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. You're not going to stay in the valley of the shadow of death if you're a follower of Jesus. He's going to take you through it. Sheep sometimes, when a good shepherd's got to get his people, get his sheep to green pastures. In the Middle East, they'd sometimes have to take them through very narrow, dark crevices. Only one sheep at a time. Very scary, very dark. And the sheep and the shepherd would lead the sheep through that path. And if they stayed behind each other, if the sheep followed the shepherd correctly, he would take them through a dark area, but he would absolutely lead them through it. That's what a good shepherd does. You have this assurance. If you say, is God for me? Yes, God is for me. He says he's going to take you through it. He'll take you through some valleys. Because life It's never been a promise to be hard. Following Jesus means that there'll be some suffering. There'll be some difficulties. Life in a broken world is hard. But we will go through valleys. But it's also just a shadow of death. When someone dies, your whole family can be around them. You can stand at their bedside. You can hold their hand. You can talk to them. You can encourage them. You can comfort them. But there comes a point When they die. And nobody can go through it with them. But if you're a believer, if you know Jesus, you have the absolute assurance that I will not fear. For God is with you. In your living and in your dying as a believer, we will never be alone. His rod and his staff, they comfort us truth of his words. So if you say, you know what, I'm really just struggling. The assurance is you will go through dark, dark times. There will be suffering. It will be hard. But God gives us this assurance that he's going to take us through it, and it's just a shadow. He will always be with us. He will never leave us, never forsake us. We don't have to fear that. And the third thing that a good shepherd does for, for his sheep He gives them contentment. He gives them assurance. 
and then he gives them nourishment. It kind of seems like David jumps off his metaphor of sheep when it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Seems like he changed metaphors, but he really didn't. Back in those societies, a Bedouin society, if a shepherd invited somebody, another shepherd, into his tent and prepared a meal for him, what he was saying is that's the greatest act of hospitality. If I let you come into my tent, if I invite you into this tent, and if I, especially if I make a meal for you, I am guaranteeing to you your safety. No harm will come to you. I am protecting you. I am, in, I am letting you know you are immune from your enemies. If people come to attack you, I'm fighting for you. That was the way it was back then. And I think that's what David's saying here. He remembers the time when he'd hang out with other shepherds. And he remembers this is the same thing that God does for us. God prepares a table before us in the presence of his enemies. And he doesn't have to fear because his cup overflows. He's going to be nourished. He's not going to have to worry. That's what a good shepherd does. That's what God does for us. That's what he does and he wants to do for you. He gives contentment. He gives assurance. And he gives nourishment. Jesus is the king. But in the New Testament, Jesus came as a humble servant. And he calls himself the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. When Egypt was getting ready to walk out of, trying to get out of Egypt, God said, take a lamb and kill it. And take the blood and put it on the doorpost. And when the death angel comes by, I will fly over it and I will pass by it. But I want you to eat all the meat of that sheep. And that's the sheep that saved them. Jesus is our king, but Jesus is also our meal, in a sense. It's his life. That's why he says, come, taste of me, eat of me. In a real sense, he was the one who gave up his life. He was the slaughtered lamb for us. He laid out himself for us as a great meal to nourish us and say, no matter what, I can take your sin away. I can heal you. I can help you. I'm your king, but I'm also the meal that you're going to eat. So eat of me. Take me. And I will nourish you. That's a good shepherd. That's who we have in Psalms 23. Now, on top of that, he says, as you spend the rest of your time in life, you're going to have two people behind you. You're going to have goodness and mercy, and they're going to follow you all over the place. You look, my, my life doesn't look that way. Things are difficult right now. I, it seems hard. I look back, and I don't, I don't feel like I have goodness and mercy following me, you might think. It's not true. You need to trust the shepherd. The good shepherd takes care of his sheep, and wherever he's leading you right now, whatever your circumstance is, God's not shocked by it. He's not surprised by it. And if you're one of his sheep, he's leading you through it. So look back. What you have behind you is goodness and mercy. And not just for a little bit. For the rest of your life and forever. All the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what Jesus did for us. This is what our king did for us. This is what our shepherd did for us. I don't know what's going on right now for you. Life may not be a day camp for kids in your life. But what if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a good shepherd who's going to give you contentment. He gives us assurance and he's nourishing you. So trust your good shepherd. I don't know if you 
notice any acrostic there, but contentment, assurance, and nourishment spells can. So because Jesus is our good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I can stand strong. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you can stand strong. Just call to him. Call out to him. Maybe this morning you don't know Jesus as your shepherd. I'd encourage you to turn your life over to him. Let him lead you. He said, maybe you need to be restored. Maybe you need some encouragement. I would encourage you, take Psalm 23 this week and pour it over and over in your mind. Think about it. Ask God, give me the refreshment that I need. You are my shepherd. You're my identity. And cry out to God. Let him be your shepherd today. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a second before we get into the craziness of summer again. Have you been trusting God as your shepherd? Is there something you're holding back for him? You're not fully surrendered to follow where he wants to take you. This morning, surrender that. and Say, God, I'll go where the shepherd wants me to go. You're a good shepherd. I will let you lead me. I'll stop fighting you on that. I don't want to be a cast down sheep. And maybe you are cast down and you're trying to figure out how to get out of it. Maybe you need to say, God, I, I know you're my shepherd. But you need to pour out your heart to him. Tell him what you need. He promises you he will refresh you. And maybe you say, you know what, I, I could use some encouragement in that. And there's the prayer team's up here and we'd be glad to pray with you. But let's stand as we sing in a second in Christ alone. But this morning, are you cast down? Are you trusting the shepherd? Let's pray. Holy Father, God, Lord, I thank you for Psalm 23. Lord, thank you for how for years and centuries it's been a rock for Christians. We thank you that, Jesus, you are a good shepherd, that you do help us, that these are promises that we can claim. So God, I pray for those who don't know you maybe this morning, whose lives are not surrendered to the shepherd. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would prick their conscience and draw them to yourself, and they would see Jesus as what they need, and they would turn their lives over to him completely. And Lord, I pray that those of us who we still, we we believe in, that you are our identity, but we struggle sometimes to let you fully be that. So I pray that you would help us this morning to surrender those things and let you lead our lives and see that it is goodness and mercy that's following us, even in the difficult times. Give us your grace. Thank you for sending Jesus. And it is because of Jesus alone that we have our hope. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
I'm not afraid. 